Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And we have our letter to the podcaster edition today. And we have a special guest. Her name is Kiara Sewell and she's here with us today. Kiara, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, hi, I'm Kiara Sewell. I am 18 years old. I live in the Toronto GTA. Um, And yeah, really excited to be on the show today. Could you give us a little summary or insight about kind of what activities that you're doing these days relating to um, your hobbies, interests? Yeah, so most day-to-day things, I've started now refocusing myself around like inner growth, especially because I've been at home all this time. Um, I got tired of just like going day-to-day and always feeling the same. So I've really been focused on like finishing up projects that I had started and kind of fell off on doing or just kind of like learning new things the other day i baked like this awesome like strawberry tart thing and it was fantastic um but yeah so throughout quarantine i've been going through like different projects like i started up my own podcast uh there may be not only be one episode out <laughs> but you know it's a little exercise one um i worked on creating like an entrepreneurship team group of like a community type of thing I've worked on like different art pieces and just kind of like being able to like express myself more creatively and yeah that's about like a broad overview of what I've been up to. Okay great um it seems like a lot of your hobbies have an entrepreneurial spirit like your own projects and whatnot uh so what kind of jump-started you into entrepreneurship? Um, well, that's actually a really awesome question. When I was in grade nine, my mom had pulled me out of school for a two-day event where we drove up to like this local convention center and it was a seminar on how to write a book and grow rich. And we didn't end up paying the money to write a book and grow rich, obviously, but uh-huh. um, we did get to go and that was my first experience being in an environment like that where there was, I was in a room full of other entrepreneurs. And these people, like, of course, I've been the youngest going to events for, like, a hot minute now. And I've gotten used to it. Um, And it's always, it kind of prepared me and jump-started me into shifting my mindset and seeing that there is a different way to approach life other than 9 to 5 and that there is more out there to do. So it was really cool because I got to learn how to network, how to present myself to older people. And, of course, it wasn't, like a, like, a hit run the first time. I was very shy the first time around. But as we started going to, like, different free events or just different things that, like, caught our attention on, like, how to be a, like, how to improve your public speaking, how to invest in real estate, how to do this, how to do that. And all the time it was different people, but everyone always had the same type of mindset. They were there for something more out of life. And that's what really, like, jumpstarted my, like, interest into entrepreneurship. You mentioned that the room like is full of adults, right? I'm assuming since you're the youngest one there. I think something that I someone has told me recently is that you should try to network outside of your social or your age group, right? Um, what do you think you've learned talking to adults instead of other like adults interested into entrepreneurship rather than teenagers interested in entrepreneurship? Um- Well, I say the main difference is at the end of the day, as much as we are teenagers and it's all we're trying to do our best and get out there. Yes, there are people who make millions and all these different things. 
at the end of the day, we're still kids. We don't have access to the same amount of networks and resources that adults do. So when you go to these events and you're able to impress these people, you don't know what might come out of it. You can get different types of job opportunities, different contacts, different ways that you can volunteer, access to new events. It's like limitless almost. And you want to make sure that you're networking with people and like-minded people who do have you know, the same interests as you or maybe they're doing what you want to do and just having a conversation with them, you get a really good insight onto like the process to get where they are. Or maybe you get introduced to a website or a resource that you had no idea existed, but they do solely because they have that experience. So I do think there is a lot of value of not only going outside of like your own social group, but your age group. Mm-hmm. And of course, definitely network with people in your age group as well. There's no, no one stopping you. But at the end of the day, the people who are at those events or even the speakers, when you get a chance to talk one on one, those are people who have done it already or wanting to do it or in the process mm-hmm. of doing it. So it's that difference level of where they're at compared to where you're at. Right. It's just talking to people that are more experienced than you. Yeah, exactly. So what did you learn from these types of experiences that brought you to where you are with your tarot card adventure? Right, so my tarot card business is something that I did. Um, I started reading like angel cards around grade 10 or so. And I've always just had a, like an interest in it. And I would always do it for like my family members or friends who would come over. And it was just something I always really loved to do. And as I saw more and more on social media, people posting their tarot card businesses or these like free videos you could see on tiktok that come on randomly right it's not gonna say how accurate it is but they're always there and it's always like huh (laughs) so it definitely sparked my interest into getting a deck and wanting to do the same and my mom for christmas bought me a deck it was really nice of her to get it for me because it encouraged me to continue learning and then i started researching Mm -hmm. about it i started reading a the different kinds of cards and more than that I started looking on how to like market myself online different like deals I could do different like places I have a little Etsy shop going um and yeah so I guess having all those connections and stuff it gave me already I feel like it's a lot easier to start off any kind of business or any kind of like new thing that you're doing project whatever it's so much easier to have mm-hmm. the support and the people to access when you have a solid network, when you have a community of people behind you, it's so much easier because these people are your friends. They care about you, or at least they know about you enough that, huh, maybe I'll give that a shot. Um, I think it's one of like the most invaluable things is to create like a good, not just a high number of followers, but an interactive amount of followers and people who actually like, you know, care mm-hmm. enough to do something about it or to act on something or to support you because that's what comes out of it you know different opportunities right quality over quantity (laughs) you don't want many people following you that just don't exactly interact with you because there's no point (laughs) exactly yeah aka people who buy bots as followers (laughs) i know that's an issue yeah yeah and you can see like on social media and stuff like it's trends now when people take their instagram more seriously become influencers and there's nothing wrong with being an influencer it's fantastic but I find that even though influencers try to, like, connect with their followers, it always feels like it's more out of a superficial level. Mm -hmm. In the sense where they want to be someone who's, like, separated from their followers but admired by their followers. 
I think it's mm-hmm. a lot more effective to directly engage with them. If you have someone on your page who's like constantly commenting or always hyping you up, go to their page, like some of their posts, even if you don't want to follow them because you don't know them. Text them, hey, I absolutely love your page, or you know, it means so much to see your support. Because the next time they see your picture pop up, they're gonna remember that moment. Mm-hmm. And so that'll incline them to do that more. So you could do that for like 10 minutes a day or whatever amount of time you have to sit down and do that and it brings you it brings you better quality people because it's people who want to be there because you did something for them yeah and going back to your tarot card reading uh business for our listeners who might not know what tarot card reading is could you give them a little uh like a quick rundown So a tarot deck is a deck of 78 cards and each of them have two meanings because you can get the upward side of it or the reverse side of it. Neither, there are no negative cards or bad cards. That's like a common misconception that like, oh my God, I'm going to get the death card and that means I'm going to (laughs) die. It's it's not how it works. Uh Um, In reality, death could mean the end of a friendship or the end of an old habit or the end of this, that, that, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not something to be afraid of. You shouldn't be afraid of tarot cards. And tarot cards are essentially, it is referred to as a form of divination. And divination is defined as a conversation with God. And of course, it ha- doesn't have to be religious. It could be univor- a conversation with universe or it could be a conversation with like spirit or energy or mother earth or god allah buddha your spirit guides it could be anybody anything that you want to channel through but what you're channeling through is universal energy Mm -hmm. and basically you kind of like the reader is kind of like the tool where this energy just flows through them and on the Mm -hmm. intuition that they receive and the downloads they receive they're able to select the right cards and the right cards are able to come to them so that they can give the reader the best answer that they need to hear for that moment Oh, interesting. I feel like people generally think of tarot cards as just like, oh, fortune telling, and that's it. But there's actually so much more to it. It is, because you can get, like, really cool answers. And, of course, you could go for, like, straight yes or no answers, but you can get really, like, you can get told things. Okay, <laughs> funny story. Um, I was doing a tarot card reading for uh-huh. my best friend, mm-hmm. and... um. You know, I was just doing her cards. She was asking about, like, her love life, or not even her love life, but what she had to do to move mm-hmm. on. And I flipped a card, and I saw the, de- like, the meaning for it, because I don't have them all memorized. So I have, like, a little book that tells me the def- the definitions or the meaning or the interpretations that could possibly apply. And it said, like, something about her being in contact with an ex. And I look up at her, I'm like, are you talking to your ex again? And she just, her face goes white. She was like... She's like, what? I didn't. She was just the last words, and I was like, oh Oh my god, it was so funny because it wasn't something that she had told me, and it wasn't something she even wanted me to know. The cards were like, hey, look at this. (laughs) Literally, and she's like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, it was hilarious. But yeah, that's just an example, like the kinds of things the cards like no because it is your energy it's not like oh they're all knowing no it's you it's Mm -hmm. you and your energy that Mm -hmm. is influencing the cards and they're not even fortune telling because if it says that i'm destined today to i'll become famous or i have riches coming my way if the next day i go out and i like 
snort a line of coke or I go out and I I don't know, like do something changes, illegal and I get yeah. put in jail, well, obviously, it's going to change. change to because at the end of the day, you're still in mm-hmm. control. So if I do a reading mm-hmm. that day, it's, it's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so important to understand that it's not the be-all, end-all at any point. It just shows you where you are right now with the decisions you made. This is the estimated projection of where that will lead to. Has anyone... I just want to know, like, from your experience, because when... I guess my preconceptions about this type of stuff is like people it's um i forgot the psychological term but it's like self-affirming right like if you say oh you'll succeed if someone tells you you'll succeed then you'll work harder because you know in the future you'll right. succeed and that can kind so of almost, do you mean like the placebo out. effect sort of, or like yeah. affirmations like more like affirmations yeah yeah do you do you have you like ever do you think that's more like what do you think about that um i think it's important that i oh i do have a document that i prepare and or mm-hmm. i have prepared and i send out to everyone before the reading and it explains the good card bad card misconception it explains like you need to realign your energy and there's a meditation that i created in it as well so they can listen to it before the talk or before like our like scheduled call or whatever so that they're mm-hmm. in a good mindset and there's nothing else holding on to them so they can clearly like get the answers they need to mm-hmm. hear and i guess with the self-affirmations i also include a part where like i stress on the importance of them understanding that it's not the be-all end-all it's not self-defining mm-hmm Right, because at the end of the day, if you take a negative card and you were to identify yourself with it, you kind of screw yourself <laughs> over because that's just what you're gonna bring right. more of. But that's why it's so important. I've actually that's what my first podcast episode is on. It's about being the observer with like thoughts that pass through your head or situational things that happen, rather than actively acting on it and identifying with it. Because if you identify with like something like (laughs) the reason everyone has like their ups and downs and ups and downs is because we identify with all these emotions that we experience but we're not meant to so if you have a really crappy day and you identify yourself with that it's like oh so shitty and you carry that on and you drag that feeling on you're gonna have a crappy day why because you didn't choose to not have a crappy day or you didn't choose not to identify and hold on to that one negative Mm -hmm. experience in your whole 24 Mm -hmm. hours and i'm not saying that situationally like you didn't have a crappy day you might have but it could have been one bad thing like you spilt something and it's like you hold on to that you identify with it and the next day if you have a great day and it's fantastic and you know you're just on this like you're riding this high you're not doing anything better for yourself, nor are you creating anything new. You're just identifying with, oh, I'm I'm happy, so that's who I am today. Mm-hmm. But that's not mm-hmm. right. So it's the same with the cards. If you identify with it, it's not right. You are, like, people as individuals are so much more than an emotion, than a card, than anything in this world can, like, tell you what you are. So to identify with something like that, you limit yourself to this point where you're blocking yourself from receiving other things and that's why it's so important to understand that a card doesn't define who you are as Mm -hmm. a person unless you allow it to it's really all in the mindset exactly um could you walk us through like i know you've mentioned that you prepare this packet for all like the people you do readings for could you walk us through like uh clients like the booking the um like the pre 
the preparation, the session, like, and I like post stuff, right? Yeah, kind of like the businessy side of it. Yeah, of course. Um, so to begin, I wanted to do more than what I saw other people doing with their tarot businesses because I wanted there to be a reason why someone would choose to go with me other than the fact that, like, they just know Mm -hmm. me. I wanted to make it worth and above their value. Um, so the first thing I did, I wanted to create a document which would answer questions that I know people would commonly have or I commonly get messaged or um, just things that I researched on like commonly asked questions or things that I even questioned when I first started. Uh, I had a lot of questions about if it was religious, if it was demonic, if this and that. So I figured I might as well just address it once and for all. So I would send it to anybody who had questions or if they booked it and with no questions, I'd still send it to them the second afterwards and it's like a prep sheet before the call. And uh, like I said, it explains the different conceptions. The last page gives different examples on things they could ask if they have no idea, but they just want to do mm-hmm. a reading. Uh, that way, it w- eliminated me getting on a phone call with someone and them having to go through, oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I want. Right. I don't, uh, what can you do? Yeah, you're just like wasting time, right? Uh. Yeah, so that's, that eliminated that. Mm-hmm. And also gave them a sense of security that they knew what they were getting into. And at the top of that document, there was a link that I I created a meditation like I mentioned. I did originally want to just attach like a YouTube meditation that I liked. But I realized that I might as well make it my own. Since it's my little business thing, I should do it entirely. I have my little fancy mic that I got for Christmas, so I might as well utilize it. So I made a nine-minute meditation. I wanted it to be super short and just like super straight to the point so I wouldn't have to have like a a poor client sitting there for like 30 minutes if that's not what they wanted Uh to do (laughs) so that way 10 minutes before the call they could do a little 10 minute meditation and they approach the call with a different mindset than someone who had just been hustling or just got home after like busy traffic or whatever whatever um so I found that it was a lot easier to connect with people because they were already ready to receive they're already ready to be open they're ready to something that isn't necessarily the norm or isn't necessarily something we've been told is factual or scientific Uh or whatever, right? Uh, Another thing I did, I created a booking system using Calendarly. It is a free system. It is fantastic. And you get to like automate it and it sends out like automatic emails with like the Zoom information and like the document and you can like customize everything. So that's the program that I personally used for booking and I put that in my Instagram bio and yeah and then after the call of course there's an option to pay like a tiny little fee and they get an entire another document after the call and it's all the answers that they got during the reading because I find oftentimes people forget Mm -hmm. not because they want to but because it's so much information that it's hard to retain nice I think all that is very thorough do you um like when you created this whole system um did you create that from the start or kind of like as you started, you just added like one thing along with the other? Honestly, I went on Canva and I created my first visual like ad thing. You were just like, oh, tarot readings, like this for mm-hmm. this, this for this. Mm-hmm. Book now. And I posted it and I just did not think anything through. And then as people kept answering, I was like, 
I should have created like a system for this, you know, because I had I had someone from Australia wanting a call and everything, and it fell through because there wasn't like a proper system in place for them to book a time for it to work properly, yada yada yada. So it genuinely had to like fix up like halfway through the first day. I was like, oh god, I gotta do this. So it took one day and a handful of hours for me to sit down and like automate everything. And I was testing it on my friends. And then from there, it's been a lot easier, but it was definitely something I should have preemptively like, yeah. thought through, because, like, I had the kind of idea, but I just didn't do it, and then I realized I needed to, but it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, like, you put out an ad. Did you do that, like, on your Instagram page? Because I know you've mentioned, you mentioned that a lot of your links are on your bio, right? Yeah. So I wasn't in a place where I wanted to spend money on a ad on Google or YouTube and or Instagram. I feel like ads for like a small like there's like small businesses and there's like a small, small businesses with like a super specific uh-huh. niche because not everyone wants a tarot reading. Right. Mm-hmm. For various reasons. Um, so I didn't want to spend money on that. My goal was to make money. So I decided once again, because I've managed to build myself a community where if I post something or if I ask for support, I usually get it. Or even if I don't, even if it takes like a step further and it's not just like I post and I say, oh, please repost it. No, I'll go through my whole like friends list or whatever and I'll message every single person. Hey, could you please repost this? It means the world to me. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. 50 people later, it's posted everywhere. Um, I see, okay. And from there, I got a lot of free, like, um, not only networking, but foot traffic, because people were like, mm-hmm. huh. And they would come to my page and see what was up, and that helped a lot. So it was a really good way to kind of market myself without having to market myself. And I wouldn't mm. recommend for someone to do this, like, constantly or, like, on a daily basis, and also just be nice about it. I know this, I have this mutual, actually not anymore, but there were, they were a mutual who had a YouTube channel and every single time he would post, he would send it to everybody on his list, right? Super generic message, same thing I would do, but just kind of like a little bit more, just like constant. <sighs> yeah, but constant. <laughs> and there was multiple times where I'd asked him like, hey, could you promote this for me? Or could you mention this for me? Or just like put it on your Snapchat or your Instagram. And it was just ignored. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to post your stuff oh, anymore. No. I don't really feel like it anymore. Yeah, You're not no. going like, you know. <laughs> to reciprocated. Reciprocated, because that's what it is. You don't want to be an asshole yeah. who, like, sorry, not that he's not, okay, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if I, like, you know, if you're asking me to do something, like, You should feel comfortable I, doing it as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, so, a favor both ways. Yeah, Exactly. Especially because it's social media. It doesn't cost any money to post something. Exactly. If you can repost, like, Kylie Jenner on your story, as if, like, she's your best friend, like some people do, you could repost a small business or someone looking for new clients. Mm-hmm. Right? So, <laughs> if you're asking people favors, you have to be willing to do the favors in return. So someone needs help right, with something, right. or they need support, or they want hype on a post, just do it. Give back more than what you're asking for. Constantly. And people will be more than happy to do small favors like that. It's like a good cycle. Yeah. Also, really good um, advice. I just got it in my mind. 
was when you reach out to people and you're you even if you're not super close with them or you haven't talked to Mm -hmm. them but maybe you see on their page that it might be something they're interested in or they might know someone who is so I would always send out a message and say hey like I started like this small business thing I don't know if it's for you but if you know anybody I mean the world if you could just like send this to them Mm. and then they're gonna look at it anyway they're gonna check what it is anyway because everyone's curious takes five seconds and if they do decide to send it, well, that's a pro- That's a plus. If not, only one person looked at it. That's still a plus. Right. So if you that's phrase it in smart, a way yeah. where you're not just like, hey, do it. Do it for me. <laughs> hey, do you know anyone I could help? They're more inclined mm-hmm. to help one of their friends. Okay, it's all about framing. And wording. Uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it on this podcast yet but we have definitely talked about it um so you do um not only the tarot card reading but you do like your um talks about like spiritual topics and whatnot yeah so i think it started like a year ago now i started like around this quarantine-ish time mm-hmm. where i would go on instagram live and i do like hour-long talks so kind of like a podcast but less formal Mm -hmm. because it was a one take one shot let's go um there were some definitely flops with that oh my god oh i don't know if you want to put this part this is one guy who joined and he was white and he ended up saying the n-word like multiple times and i was like oh no yeah no that wasn't great Uh, what happened like how do you can you ban comments on ig live no he was speaking with me on ig live uh, oh, so he, like, requested to join? No, he was a speaker that reached out to me, and we were like, let's do a talk. Because he had been posting about Grant Cardone's... No, not Grant Cardone. <laughs> That's a different type of business thing. He was posting about the honeymoon effect, and talking about it, and said he read the book on his own stories and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool, we should talk about that. And then he ends up dropping the N-word, like, three oh, times, talking painful. about his brother listening to, like, rap music. And I was like... What? Oh. So I kicked him out and did the rest of the time by myself. Oh my god. So now I do a proper screening process where I do like a pre-call, we <laughs> talk of it, figure yeah, it out, that's just like that's safely good, yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we learn. We learn from these experiences. We learn from these experiences. Oh my goodness. <laughs> But you've definitely had successes, right? Yes. So back to my, back to the podcast or to the Instagram live call. So essentially I would usually post a poll or like an open-ended question if anyone had any questions about a specific subject. But I found that it wouldn't get a lot of traction if I just asked like, what do you want to know? So instead I would come up with two topics that I would be interested about and say, hey, would you rather learn about how to create a better quality friend group or would you rather learn about different ways that you could achieve self-love if that's something you're struggling with and then boom boom you, you make it so easy you put two decisions in front of a person and they'll choose instead of leaving it so open-ended and so that's how I would choose topics that I knew like more than one person would be interested in so I reached out to this person that I saw on TikTok and he'd been doing different talks about self-love and I just really loved his energy and his messages he was teaching his name is Mac mm-hmm. McBride he's now started his own like cinematography uh like company thing he's very good at what he does definitely go check it out and he's the first person i did a talk with because i was nervous to do one on my own and so he did one with me 
and it went amazingly and it was really encouraging to see like his audience came out my audience came out um and of course it fluctuated there was like a bunch of people then it dropped because it's not for everybody but that's right, okay because right. for me i don't do the talks for money or for cloud or for anything i do it because if one person listening could get something out of it then it's worth it and it's something i love to do i love to travel and be a speaker and not just talk about spirituality but i usually do talks about self-development or stories or things that i've gone through and just kind of like being that support system for somebody or helping them with something without me being someone who's in my mid-30s preaching about like social media or mental <laughs> images or you're depressed because you're on your phone or just and do this like i feel like hearing advice from someone who's your age hits different especially when they've mm-hmm. gone through the same thing or are going through mm-hmm. sound like someone higher telling you what to do right? exactly so yeah like, if that happens oh my tired God. of authority <laughs> yeah destroy it all <laughs> Do you like um, these talks like about spirituality? I know you share your own stories, but is it something like you can, I know it sounds weird, like study, like learn more, right? Like read books. Is that how you kind of yes. gather your information? Yeah, definitely. So a lot of like my base stuff are things that I've learned like throughout the years or from my mom. My mom's very big into self-development as well. So (laughs) I grew up listening to Jack Canfield, like talking in the car and like his tapes and Tony Robbins yelling at me in the car while my mom's driving and all these different things. So it's kind of been like program the basic mindset stuff. Uh And then I've gone out of my way and I use Gaia. It's like it's Netflix, but like for self-development and spirituality like it has anything and everything of all topics costs around the same but the quality and the things you get out of it it has everything from yoga to meditation to dieting to different documentaries it is netflix but for your soul and it's Mm -hmm. glorious um so i'll go on there and i'll watch things every now and then it's not like something i want to do all the time but whenever i have the inclined to i do it and i learn so whenever I suggest two topics, I make sure it's something I'm interested in at least sitting down and like learning about it or it's something I do know about because I never want to be in a position where I'm just talking out of my ass and it's not something that's like actually yeah, proven asks or you a question and you're actually like, oh. taught because I feel like that's wrong. And I always make sure that I have at least one or two different strategies that someone who's listening could apply. Um, I think that that's really important to me to not just talk on a subject, but to hey, if you do this, this, and this, you'll see a difference. And then it's in their hands, because if they want to do it, they can. And if they don't want to, they don't need to. But they never cost money, and they're super simple a lot of the time. I see. Well, there's another thing that we also talked about in our conversation that I don't think we've mentioned here yet, and that was your um, other entrepreneurial activities. As your business grew, did you try to dabble in other activities? I did, yes. I worked in a financial services company for almost a year, like eight months or something, and it was a really good experience. It didn't end up being for me in the end, but I did have the opportunity to learn a lot just by seeing experienced individuals and experienced like agents just talking on the phone and selling different things and how they would get through different complications and like day-to-day scenarios. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I was in the office like every single day, I was in that environment where it was go-getters people trying to do something and it really helped me get a better idea on what to do and what not to do so that was really great because I did learn a lot um 
so that's basically what I got out of that experience was the experience and was like the knowledge and because there's always a difference from reading a business book and then seeing it happen in real life and you get to see what Mm -hmm. good leadership is and what not so great leadership is and what you would do differently and you know just making sure that everything is how it should be if that makes sense I'm trying not Mm -hmm. to say like too too many things I really want to keep it like nice and Mm lighthearted. um but yeah, it wasn't and it didn't end up being for me. It wasn't what I needed at the moment out of um a job or out of something that I was putting so much time into. But it was a great experience and I did meet a lot of amazing people. I did also this was more recent, like a few months ago or something, I was working with this company. Um, they're called Lifestyles Management. They're a great company, they do like so much stuff, it's crazy. And I had created on Discord this like entrepreneurship group because I wanted to get together a group of kids who were like my age, a little bit older, people who had cars or just people who wanted to do something with their time at home. And there was about, I think we hit 30, but, and it was to like continuously put different opportunities or different jobs or different this or different that, that I would receive or that other people would receive. I think my mistake with that was just kind of like mass sending it out and doing it the way I normally did things instead of finding individuals who actually had the motivation because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who say one thing but their actions say something else and it was great and the people who actually wanted to work with LMI there was like 10 of us and I don't think they realized the kind of position it was it was like a cold calling thing where if you made a sale we got like a really good commission for like selling these COVID foggers, which you would just like fog people down and it was supposed to help like a lot of small businesses with reopening. But the issue was that things kept like in Canada right now in Ontario, things keep opening for like a week or two and they're like, mm, lockdown. And then close it. Oh. <laughs> and then it opens and it's like, okay, everyone's everyone's good, schools are open, walls are open, and then, oh, stay at home. And it just kept flip flopping. So business owners didn't really want to invest. And people kept getting declined or not wanting to make the phone calls, mm. even though we ran trainings and like myself and like the person I was working with, like we kept trying to like push everyone, not push, but like encourage everyone, help them however we could. We had multiple people like give tips and scripts and all these different things. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't something that stuck. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. All the people are still great. But at the end of the day, like it just wasn't the right people who I put together for this team or for this project Mm -hmm. so they're all still around and I'm still friends with everybody of course so in the future next time something comes along my way I'm definitely going to share it and we'll see how that goes okay what do you think um you I guess from your experience and maybe you've talked about it in one of your IG lives. I'm not sure. But, like, how does someone know, like, whether they have to, like, move on as an entrepreneur and as a person, right? Right. Like, to let go and, like, no, this is not for me. Because, uh, like, failure or, like, kind of not knowing your place, I feel like, is a natural part of entrepreneurship. I think that makes perfect sense. Especially with this position, like, the, uh, the financial institution. I was guaranteed money. I was told there'd be money. Um, I was given different opportunities to make commissions and things like that. And I feel like I would always do what I was told to do. And I always did my best Mm -hmm. with everything. And I would always ask for more in other ways. I got paid like a few hundred dollars for my entire time there. 
And it was just really disappointing to see because I had to go to a job interview the other day and they had asked me, it was another entrepreneurship based company based in like real estate, but not selling real estate, but like helping investors and creating like a different type of group like that. So it was like a dream position for me. And I had to, they, were t- they kept asking me about like my salary and things like that and how my position was. And I couldn't lie. Um, and it was really like, mm-hmm. um, like I almost broke down crying because they're like, why didn't, why didn't you leave sooner? Like, why did you stick there for so long? And I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't eat there. Um, and it just felt terrible. And like, they asked me to like, leave the room at one point And like, I was like, <laughs> like, oh. but I got back then and they explained that they just hadn't seen like, um, this kind of situation before. They're both like young people as well. They weren't like older or anything and they were like really friendly with me and I got the job so that was great oh, good. um I didn't end up going with them but that's like another story okay <laughs> but I did get the position we did three days of interviewing in like two hours it was a lot um mm-hmm. sorry retracking so when they were asking about like why didn't I leave and things like that like my answers were like oh like you know like the education the experience being in that environment But honestly, it was because I still really had hope. I wanted to hope, like, through the ups and downs of, like, what the business itself was dealing with, because they did have, like, their own personal losses, and they had to cut people from the team, et cetera, et cetera. It was a startup and everything. So it was all understandable. It wasn't run by bad people. But um, it did impact me, based off what was going Mm -hmm. on there, because I had spent all this time doing this when I needed to be saving money for my post-secondary um so as much as I did get the experience out of it it just wasn't beneficial in the long long run in some areas like monetary how do you say monetary 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 ways um so it came to a point where I had voiced up I think a few times like really subtly because I always felt like I was, like, as much as they said that they saw me on the same level, I always felt like there was a disconnect uh, with, like, obviously, like, power structure and stuff. Like, it's someone in, like, their mid-40s, and um, I was, like, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd voiced up, like, as nice as I could. Like, I want to be doing more. I need to be making money, this, this, and this. Because I really cared about them, right? And um, I didn't want to, like, step on anyone's toes or, like ruffle the bed sheets or whatever the saying is I didn't want to like yeah uh mess anything up and I realized that me staying to see how things would get better and just hoping and hoping things would get better and trying to do things so that it would get better that I would get paid I realized that I was in a it was like a toxic mentality it's like when you're in like an abusive relationship and you're just like hoping Mm. it gets better and hoping they stop doing this or hoping they stop lying or hoping that they People and businesses will show you how they are and you need to understand that that's how they are and you don't have the power to necessarily change that a lot of the time. And I realized that me waiting to see if things change by the time I turned 18 wasn't something that I wanted. I had decided already, like, this isn't for me. I'm tired. I'm over it. I don't want to educate somebody on how I feel I should be treated, especially when they're an adult who's been in the industry. But I do have the power to separate myself and step out of it. So I went with that route. I finally decided that, like, it doesn't make sense to just sit here hoping and hoping. And that's when I realized that 
it's time not to give up because I feel like when people say give up, it's like this whole negative, like, oh, I'm giving up. It's too much. No, just but, choosing not to put like, any more energy into it. Yeah. Just walking away and finding something better. Mm-hmm. It's obviously mm-hmm. not the right situation for you. It's fine to quit if you want something better for yourself. Yeah. It's nothing bad. Nope, not at all. You don't know if you're going to die tomorrow. You might as well just do something. <laughs> That's true, though. <laughs> like, if you want to go, like, all the way and, like, really get into that mindset, it's like, I don't know. Might as well do something you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, bringing back topics like healing and other spiritual subjects like we talked before, have you ever really found yourself combining what you teach into your own entrepreneurial projects? I think yes, because a lot of people have, like, different stances on this, on, like, personal and business life being separate, but I don't think it is, because how you are in one area of your life is how you are in all areas of your life, and Mm -hmm. if you don't believe that, just just look a little bit closer, just, like, look a little (laughs) bit closer and really analyze either yourself or somebody else, because you'll Mm -hmm. see that we are people, and people are habitual, and fall into patterns and what you're comfortable with in one area of your life you're going to be comfortable with in another area of your life Mm -hmm. and of course I don't mean like the way you talk in like a business room is the way you talk at home or with your family because that's not what I mean (laughs) I mean like if you're somebody who if like the way you communicate or the way you express ideas or the way you treat other people I feel like those things overlap, those things correlate. So definitely having, like, being more of a spiritual person in, like, such, like, a cutthroat business world, like, a lot, I don't see it like that. Everyone's just people trying to do something better for themselves. And yes, Mm -hmm. there are shitty people there, and there's shitty people who are going to try and, like, lie to you or scam to you or you know, you end up on, like, a landing page, like, this is gonna change your life, and they're charging you, like, $7,000 for something, and it's like, oh, no, I think I'm it good. will. I'm okay. <laughs> but, if you get through the bullshit, like, anything, there usually is, not even if you get through it, if you create something, if you create and place yourselves into positions and around people and around opportunities that you can tell by knowing the person or by understanding, by doing the research needed, that it's something Mm -hmm. that can help you and is good, then you can get something really beautiful out of it. So yes, having that knowledge, like of course I implemented it into my tarot business, it's all spiritual. But in my talks as well, I talk about inner growth and, you know, becoming one with oneself and all these different things. But it goes the same with making business connections. If I meet someone Mm -hmm. at an entrepreneurship event and I just get like straight shady vibes, this is (laughs) the nicest way possible. You don't owe anyone anything. So, mm-hmm. it's okay to be selective. It's more than okay to be selective. Yeah, you're just looking for the best for yourself. You're not being exactly. selfish or anything. It's just how it's supposed to be. Yup. So, you're a high school student, yet at the same time you're an entrepreneur. So, how do you exactly balance those two? Because it seems like you're doing a lot already. Um. Honestly, throughout the years... Or, like, even throughout the the pandemic, I... There have definitely been times where I've overwhelmed myself or just stacked on projects. Even through, like, a lot of quarantine, like, I had a list of things I wanted to do. I just needed to do them. And none of them ever got done. (laughs) (laughs) Because I got so overwhelmed and I was like, oh, it's just... just, If I just don't do any, then I don't have to start. So, honestly, it was hard. 
but Mm -hmm. not impossible because there are people who do do more and there are people who do less it's all about how much you can not just not just like manage your time or like the advice that everyone gives like oh just prioritize you know prioritize is one of my advices but (laughs) (laughs) but okay it's not just about um time management but the prioritization of what you want to get done do you really want to like spend 30 days taking a marketing course or do you really just want to put out like a podcast that you're really passionate about mm-hmm. and learn about that because it's going to take like let's say the same amount of time to learn right like the specs what to buy the editing learning how to do it mm-hmm. so it's about choosing what you want to put your time into and not everything that's entrepreneurship <laughs> needs to make you money like i know that's like the whole point but even just doing things that you love to do you can eventually cash in on. You mm-hmm. can eventually. Plus, you have, yeah, you have the skills that can help exactly. you in life and everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. So it doesn't always have to cash out right now, or it doesn't always have to make you millions of dollars, right now. But even you guys starting a podcast now, obviously, is something you guys were passionate about to put this much time into and effort, and that's amazing. I love it so much. I've been sharing it with everybody, but oh, um, thank you. but. <laughs> You know, it doesn't necessarily need to cash out, like, right this second for it to be something right, worth right, putting right. your time into. If it makes you happy, people are so caught up, even me- myself at one point and my parents pushing it on me, are so caught up in, like, mm-hmm. making money, do this, do that, do that, do this. You don't need to. It's beyond okay to have a 9-to-5 job and a little tear of business that still makes you happy and you still get to do it for other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that was one of the things I learned from um, my mentor uh, during my time at like the financial institution, everything was what he had is he taught there's nothing wrong with having a job that pays well because it's something you're good at, but it's not your passion. There's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. because having that money and having um, those resources will allow you to pay for your passion. So you can do your passion for free. You can do your passion without expecting something out of it and then getting disappointed if that m- might not happen. So, yeah. I was talking about prioritizing time. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I get what you mean. I think, like, in this day of age, like, sometimes we're pushed to be successful in, like, career-wise and whatnot because that will, like, that success can make us happy. But whenever I think of that, I'm always reminded by, I don't even watch Parks and Rec, but I was watching a clip on YouTube, and um, I don't know. So, anyways, there's this character that a lot of the people at the like the center kind of like make fun of because he's like the the butt of his the jokes because he's clumsy Jerry? and whatnot. Jerry, yeah, he's not bad yeah. at his job whatnot, but it's like a regular nine to five. I wouldn't say it necessarily pays well. Most government jobs don't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then when they visited, like his coworkers visited home, his home, like um, his home life, people were like in awe. They're like, how do you like? People at his home, like, his family loves him. He has, like, three daughters, a wife, and they all adore him, and they look like a happy family. And they are, right? He genuinely enjoys being there, and his family genuinely enjoys him. And so that just kind of goes to show, like, that, like, your job doesn't have to be, like, what makes you super happy, right? Like, you can also rely on your social life, but, like, he also loved going to work either, like, but people on the outside can see of like oh you're kind of like not doing much with your life just like working at like a recep uh, like a like a city center but for, to him 
he was happy and that's worth it. You know? That's worth it to him, yeah. Exactly. You don't, people's happiness isn't the same. It's, def, it's like defined differently everywhere. And that's the beauty of it. Because when you realize that, it takes a pressure off your back that not everything you do needs to make you a world star, needs to put you on a magazine, needs to do this. It's okay to just do projects. And I'm not saying like being okay with like not succeeding because I feel like someone's going to listen to this and be like oh so you're saying like don't try hard <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you can try hard do as much as you like but do as much as you like you don't have to push yourself to like a breaking point no and you can don't do if that. that's what you like and if it's not then don't that's mm-hmm. that's the point of this do what you're comfortable with do what you want but understand that you don't need this pressure on you that you're going to go to bed, like, hating yourself if you didn't get a client that day or if you didn't get a call that day or da-da-da-da-da. It's not worth yeah. it. You lose too much time. You lose too much of your life doing things like that and letting it just eat you up. You're wasting so much energy thinking about that, too, when you could be doing other things, improving yourself. Right? Yeah. Or playing an instrument, eating chocolate, walking outside, whatever. Oh, yes. Eating yes. chocolate counts. <laughs> That's definitely top of five. <laughs> Well, you seem to be very experienced in your advice is, like, top tier, to my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Many teens are very much into entrepreneurship these days, and they're pretty interested in finding experience with their own starting points. So what advice would you give to these types of people, I guess? I'd say join communities. Um, Definitely, if things were open, I know, like, every city, everywhere, constantly has, like, different events you can do. Uh, Or not do, but go to. But nowadays, everything's online, but that's mm-hmm. even better for everybody because now you can go to events that are in Australia or in the U.S. or in California or in Toronto or whatever. You have access to the whole world at your fingertips, and it can be overwhelming, and you can't end up doing nothing because there's so much. That's It happens a lot. There's so much education, and so many people remain uneducated. But I guess my encouragement would be to join communities. There's tons of different discord servers or community-based platforms or forums or this or that where people have done what you want to do and you can learn from them or you could get on a call with them or you could join an event specifically for a specific niche that you're interested in learning or you can do a free online course because almost any course you could pay for with money you can find someone on youtube doing it for free because it's somebody's passion somewhere and I say just just join communities. Surround yourself, not with people, but with opportunities and with information. And yeah, if, I feel like if, so, if you were to set yourself up like that and be around people who are talking about the same things, that it will encourage you because maybe those in your home life or those in your day-to-day life don't think like that or don't have those interests. But it's it's there. Also, I, can, I feel like with those you can experience it for yourself right see if it's what you actually think it's going to be like and you can determine for yourself if you know you want to go through with it or not exactly and another um really good thing i think for when you're starting out anything you don't always need to tell everybody um Mm -hmm. because sometimes like there have been times where like i've tried something and i've like blabbed it to the whole world and then all of a sudden it doesn't work or it doesn't go through or it doesn't happen you're like oh i'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) I gotta go and it's embarrassing sometimes like it can be um whether it's like as a little kid saying oh we're gonna move this summer because your parents tell you you're gonna move and then you don't move and you show up September and they're like 
What? I thought you were gonna move. Wait, I thought. Uh. <laughs> um, so, like, even when I was applying to law school abroad, I didn't tell, like, anybody because I was so scared <laughs> that it just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really believe in people's energy. Like, if you post something like, oh, I'm, like, so scared about my applications, if someone looks at it and they don't like you or anything and, like, all of a sudden, like, you have someone else's crap getting sent to you just because they looked at you negatively mm-hmm. on a phone. It's not worth it. <laughs> or they send it to their friend and be like, people leave this yeah. bitch, what a try hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to deal with that. What? Um... So I made sure, and I make sure, like, with big things like that, I really try to share it only with, like, a handful of friends who I know want the best for me, regardless mm. of their situation, regardless of what they're doing. And because of that, I still get the encouragement I want, or that, like, I feel like I need, or, like, oh, my God, like, the validation, or whatever. Whatever your reason is for sharing things online. Um, and then you can get it done. And then once you've succeeded or once you're comfortable, once you're comfortable and once you feel like you're at a good place yourself and it's there, it's solid, feel mm-hmm. free to share it, right? Share your business. I'm not, saying don't, I'm not saying don't share your business, but when you're researching it, before anything's physicalized, before anything's like be gone, if you're just thinking of starting an Etsy shop, share with a few people who you care about and you know care about you or might have knowledge in it. Then go do your research. And then once you buy your products, once you decide what you're going to drop ship or once you decide what art piece you're going to create and sell then share it because there's something there and mm-hmm. it gives you credibility rather than just posting about how oh i'm gonna start like my website or i'm gonna start like a youtube channel or and i'm gonna start a blog and never doing it because people are gonna pick up on that it's a pattern mm-hmm. it's smart yeah i think people often um over what is it they don't think about privacy enough in this oh, world overshare, no. they overshare. Yeah. but it, i mean because it's good like what social media has done has definitely amplified a lot of voices that couldn't be heard but at the same time right takes away a lot of what um you don't want to be heard and it's fine it's to privacy, be private right, right? Hundred percent. You're not being see. It's like not secrecy or anything like that. It's just oh, it's part of my life. I don't want you to know. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah, exactly. Because we feel that just because we have this instant communication device in front of us, that you Mm -hmm. have to use it. But in reality, you don't owe anyone anything more than you're comfortable with giving. If you didn't feel comfortable standing in front of a crowd and screaming out what you're planning to do, because you might not do it. Don't, you don't need to do it online, or you don't need to share things you don't feel comfortable or wouldn't feel comfortable sharing. Like, there's, it's your decision. And I get a lot of people feel like they just have to, or it's the norm. But, once again, it's as you like, it's as you choose to. Right, you don't need to base what other people are posting or what other people are sharing to be what you want to share and what you want to do. You'd be just as happy, you or happier, you. or more successful, or whatever. But, you, you do you. Really. As an entrepreneur and, I guess, a high school student right now, what are your plans for the future, like in college, for your business, etc.? Right, so I plan to refocus, like, time back into the tarot business because it was something that I really loved doing and I loved helping people and I loved getting to both and making a few bucks out of it. Um, It was just something that was really fun for me and really fed into, like, what I love to do. 
But mm-hmm. I've recently gotten my acceptances to law school um, in the UK because you don't need an undergrad to study. And I know that's something I want to do. So I, I'm just going to get it done. Might as well. Um, I've gotten accepted to University of York, Leeds, Birmingham, and Sussex. I'm still choosing between them all, but I'm leaning personally towards Sussex University. I'm in love with Brighton, which is the city that it's like right next to, like 10 minutes from the university, there's a beach and it's beautiful. The community there is great and they teach you multiple Canadian law courses. Um, there's a bunch of scholarships available, so it's looking like a really great option for me. So that's what I'm doing education-wise and then I plan to get back home. The goal is to either do my master's or to do like a, a series of exams you need to do to be a lawyer because I could do that or get the master's and then not the exam. But um, I'm, I don't want to say I'm going to be a lawyer and then I don't end up being a lawyer in like five years. Uh-huh. So I know I want right now I want to be a lawyer, but if I don't, don't hold that against me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things change. But yeah, that's what I'm planning to do and I am really excited about it. I was going to defer for a year and work and save up but i save money by starting now and just doing the first semester online because of covid so Um, i've decided that's what i'm gonna do um i recently did get more of of a like a a study job like a a job i guess like a job job and um i got hired at dogtopia which is i don't know if you guys have them there they're like doggy daycares um that's so cute yeah i'm not working directly with the dogs i'm the shift lead I didn't, uh, I didn't know what that was, obviously. Um, <laughs> I thought I was just, like, applying for, like, I thought it was, like, receptionist. But apparently I'm managing the other employees and, like, scheduling and stuff. Mm. So I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so I'm going through all the training. More than what you got. Yeah, more than what you thought. <laughs> I'm going through all the training this week, and then I start in a few weeks. So I'm excited for it. It's something cool. new. I'm hoping it'll uh-huh. lead me and give me the experience I need to be in an official management position because that would be really cool for my next position or work or if I was looking for another job. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And of course, continuing my podcast and like my IGTV stuff and whatever else I decide to like throw myself into. But yeah. Nice. Thank you <laughs> for um, having this talk with us. I think that's all the questions. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you... Uh, listeners enjoyed this especially this is also our first recorded uh, like video podcast so we'll definitely be doing more in the future Uh, we'll see how this one goes at least Mm -hmm. Um, and thank you guys for listening and have a great Sunday bye bye